Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans and assorted waifs and strays, I have a special guest today, um, Robert Townley, who has a long-time ERP consultant working um, in, uh, in an area that many of us know, and he has very specific views about how cloud deployments ought to work. But before we get to that, um, Robert, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and what's been going on. For around about 30 years, I was being a management consultant with one of the big global consultancy organizations. Very much of that around IT strategy formulation and delivery. And in that arena, um, I've probably implemented across the world probably about 30-ish ERP implementations. But over the last five or six years, I've been working mainly in the um, SME space and largely helping private equity investors drive more value from their more recent investments. And that's what brought me into the cloud-related space. What is it about the private equity side that that brings you into the uh, into the cloud space? Is it are these what are these guys looking for that drives that uh, particular way of working? It is um, well, they are acquiring assets that they want to perform more effectively, much more quickly. So, so they're trying to build value um, as quickly as possible new and organizations that they've got under there that they've made investment in and that they can see that there is scope for improvement and well there's some either something innovative in the marketplace or there's some key commercially differentiating skills so they're quite keen to look at how it can be used and it services can be packaged in a more innovative manner to make progress happen sooner rather than later at minimum cost and minimum risk. And that's where having very much grown in the larger corporate space, I could sense what was happening and hence my interest in the potential of the cloud. I've seen it in the past, so in the dark and distant past when I think, Dennis, when you and I were a wee bit younger, you know, mm. I used to work for quite a few of the oil companies. And in the 80s, they all had their own warehouses. They all had their own fleets of choppers. But as they had to focus on profitability, they were getting more sensible about you differentiate in terms of service delivery, where you have to compete. Everything else is a cost of doing business. So with the uptake of facilities coming more and more progressively cloud-based, I could see what, what was happening, and hence I could see the potential for the SME community and with new investors moving faster and quicker and cheaper than they could have done in the past. Well, let, let's just kind of try and unravel that a little bit, because... When I've looked at cloud um, implementations, I'm kind of I'm kind of the of the view that the, if there is innovation there at all, it's in the delivery. It's not necessarily in the functionality. Now, is that oh, what, correct? Is, yeah. is that in, yeah. is that is that enough for a PE 
type investor to, no, no, to say, no, you know no, what, no. we'll go do this? No, it, 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 it is the cloud provides the environment within which you still need some form of value-adding tools. It's not the cloud in its own right. So with the cloud with ERP makes a big difference. So I'll give you an example. So um, in the old days when we were looking at implementing no, SAP R3 in a biggish organization. Um, it would still take about three years and God knows how many millions of dollars to get implemented. Um, with the likes of, because you've got your own technical infrastructure to put in place, it is quite an uphill struggle in terms of getting the right design. I remember someone describing SAP is as pliable as putty that sets like concrete. Uh, with the new types of solutions, with, with the cloud being there, and with new types of ERP solutions being brought into play, uh, I've quite liked the fact that the, the cloud can provide the background, but the ERP provides the process and the data that, that allows organizations to transform and make change happen sooner rather than later. So where several years ago it would take a, a million and a half to plus dollars to get something implemented pretty basic, you can do this say over an 18 month to two year period minimum. You could be doing the same in a much shorter period of time. Mm. Um, uh, at a fifth or a quarter of the cost. So, so when you say the platform plus ERP provides speed to value, are, are you also saying that the kinds of solution that people are, uh, are willing to put in, or that the let's put it another way, that the P um, organisations are mandating, means that um, the 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 requirement to do a lot of customizations, which certainly heavily in the R3 world is kind of going away? Well, um, I think I think to some extent um, and this is where if I take business by design it is intrinsically different from you know, the old R3s and ECCs mm. um, in that for all intents and purposes whilst 15 years ago we desire we really want to have a vanilla implementation. The, the, the fundamental fact was in 15 years ago, there were not one product, but multiple products. So you did not have a cohesive set of processes in a single database in a single environment. Mm. No, if, even if, if we look today at Microsoft Dynamics in its various forms, it is not a single solution, but multiple solutions that have been knitted together. Mm -hmm. Now the thing about by design, it's probably one of the best solutions where it is one cohesive environment that, that, that can be implemented out of the box with the minimum hassle and complexity. Now, I'm a bit of a cynical individual. When I've been working with my clients, I've focused them on 
what is really important for them day to day. Um, in terms of what do you really need, um, which is around three principles. Though they all need a single source of truth. They all need a consistent view of profitability, whether it be customer, product, or job. And they all need to focus on the use of the ERP solution should be the intrinsic part of the job, not an additional task. Right. Now, hence, if you focus on best practice, we have this old saying, you borrow with pride. The organization I'm dealing with, they understand that they have to transform, they have to shape. So looking at the uptake of good practice, delivered on something like by design can, I think, de-risk projects and help organizations or businesses implement sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Now, again, being a bit cynical, if I look at the consultancy organizations, the implementation partners, this simplicity does not really always work in their best interest because they, they all like big projects that run long, long times and have lots of resources. Mm-hmm. The, the, the new type of products don't really require that. Do you think that the do you think that the SIs are standing in the way of progress from this standpoint? I mean, one of the things that we observe in the, particularly in the SAP world, but I think this applies elsewhere, is that because of this, of the fact that you can implement so much more quickly and get to value so much more quickly, you, you're quite right. It works in, against the interests of the SIs, but they're the ones that seem to have the account control as opposed to the vendor. And that seems yeah. to make life a little bit more difficult, yeah? You're 100% spot on, which is why no, I, I, I've now handled um, three um, by design implementations um, in the last two and a half years. And the mm-hmm. biggest struggle is actually getting an effective and responsive team from the implementation partners, the systems integrators, because to a large extent, there is no real system integra- integration here. And, and I'll also hasten to add, it's a different type of consultancy. No, no, so the consultancy is more understanding the business process rather than you know, what needs doing from a technical perspective. Right. So when we talk about this from a from a process perspective, it was always the promise, wasn't it, that solutions like uh, those offered by SAP, Oracle, and others would provide process excellence. And yet the past would seem to be telling us that actually what we were really trying to achieve was technical excellence and worrying about process later. And what I think I'm hearing yeah, you yeah. say is, is that with cloud solutions, you can forget about the technical problem because that's the vendor's responsibility. Now let's focus very much on on the process element and get that right, which will give you a much better bang for the buck. Um, yep. That yep. would be correct, yeah? Yep, yep. So I can remember, I remember doing a survey, oh, must be well, a few years ago now, maybe 15, 16 years ago, across mm-hmm. Europe, about where organizations get frustrated or felt they didn't get sufficient value from their ERP investment. And by and large, in the past, um, well, whilst you, you had a common design at the start, they implemented in silos. So you had 
know, functional misalignment, so which which kind of inhibited matters. Now with the new set, you, know, you do have a cohesive solution from this, the get go. Now, um, so it's not a technical challenge to ensure that things are functional aligned. It's more of a organisational challenge, which again is one of the reasons I was quite keen to um, progress with um, my design for one of my clients in the Middle East that mm -hmm. was looking to transform itself to and where that transformation was dependent on getting much more effective cross-functional workings. So again, just going back to by design, because I mean, this is a solution that I've known for, for 10 years. Um, I remember first looking at it and thinking, wow, everything that I likely need is probably here, sort of. My next thought was, my goodness, there enough some complexity here underneath, underneath the bonnet. I wonder how I'm going to configure this in a meaningful way within a, within a reasonable time frame. Um, I haven't looked under the bonnet for, for a couple of years now, but has, has that radically changed from where you're sitting? Or, is it, or when you look at it, do you see it differently? Well, well, I'm not deeply technical. Well, I'm a production engineer to begin with. Right. So I was right. a, I, I, I'm not, no, I've had to understand things like um, COBOL and the dark and decent path. I was taught in the 90s how to configure you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, MM and ST, but I've been more mainly on the change management and making things happen space. Mm -hmm. But whilst mm -hmm. not being but not being totally technically literate, um, the thing that surprises me is mainly uh, raising people's awareness of the business in the business of the art of the possible. The thing that I find frustrated, frustrating is that I can always see that I, that I can get more done with the likes of by design. Mm -hmm. So I don't really feel that there's um, any in integration. Um, complexity that right. um, where in fact right, I managed an implementation last year where we had to um, integrate with a process control environment because the product that was produced we had to have a clear understanding of the build state of so this is a bit of kit that was assembled with some fancy technology and a chunk of software um, embedded in it. So um, each product of the fruit was serially controlled and I was concerned about the complexity, the challenge of integrating with a very old fashioned process con control system to acquire mm -hmm. the data. Now it ended up being a complete non-issue because with the set of web services that were there, we actually managed to do that in about a day and a half. That's impressive. So, and I, I must admit, after after two years, the more the more I see of the product, the more I can see what could be done with the product if people could only open their eyes. Okay, so if we, if if we put the SI issue to one side, why would you say that? more companies are not necessarily picking up these kind of solutions than, than you anticipate because surely 
if you know with all the benefits that you're seeing people ought to be flocking to this kind of solution whether it's Bitcoin or something else you know in this country not so relevant but well and um, i'm sure that the likes of netsuite may be in a similar boat i've not had the opportunity of um, implementing that but i hear similarly quite good things there but but my concern my suspicion is that SAP have not done themselves any favours in sufficiently promoting um, by design. Right? And as I said, the implementation partners, the systems integrators, don't make enough money out of right. promoting by design. So, 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 so they haven't, SAP doesn't have the smarts to know how to promote it, or they haven't cultivated a community of implementation partners that have sufficient depth of competence and an attractive business model to focus attention on these type of tools. Yeah, I mean, I, I've tended to describe um, by designers um, in, in fairly sort of strident terms. I've called it the red-headed bastard child of, of yeah. SAP development because you know, on the one hand, it's uh, it is a it, it is what you and I know, but then on the other hand, it's like why doesn't SAP promote the heck out of this thing? Um, I mean, there are all sorts of theories around this. I mean, one of which might well be that that, that could be uh, put here, forward here is that you know SAP believes that it's dependent up for its future on the big SIs and it doesn't want to upset them. Okay, that might be one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is definitely that they don't know how to um, how to work with the smaller uh, consultants and smaller SIs who are perfectly capable of doing a, a decent job. They just don't seem to have that that ecosystem sorted out at all. Uh, but either way, it, it makes life difficult, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, come on, exactly. guys. This is, you, you, you know, you've got a set of crown jewels here that are just sitting in the background gathering dust for all practical purposes, despite the fact that you know, there are, you know, there are companies like those that you and I have um, known. There are people like yourself who are out there saying, come on, let's get, give this thing a go. Um, it's deeply frustrating, I would suggest. <laughs> but, um, you know, what, what can you do? This is an extremely large company that makes a lot of money out of very, very large deals. So, you know, is it, is it going to have the ability to understand that the deals of the future may not well be of the kind that they, they've been used to in the past, but there could be a heck of a lot more of them which compensates for it. At least that's how mm -hmm. I view it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I suspect that the same constraints confront the likes of Microsoft um, or around you know, Dynamics AX or whatever they call it nowadays. So, so it's probably not unique to by design uh, and SAP, oh, no. but I think it is a, quite acute with um, by design, given that I think there's a hell of a lot of richness there. In my um, friend that you spoke with a few weeks ago, Jonathan, mm -hmm. um, you could you had the success that he had. No, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, they've had a highly stable environment for the last two and a half years, so they'll be um, implementing the US shortly. So. It's highly stable, functionally rich, low cost. Um, but I really don't know why SAP are not promoting it 
further, it may well be that there isn't sufficient skills out there mm. to then fully um, drive the uptake. Yeah, I, the thing that impressed me about Jonathan's implementation wasn't the fact that they did it and got it done within time, budget, and all those other things, but was the fact that they managed to find a repeatable methodology for, for delivery that allowed them to go across geographies in ways yeah, yeah. that I've not seen before. You know, well, well, you know we, when he we said, designed it that way from the start point. Oh, really? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, so, so we, no, we, we designed it up front with the view of um, you moving towards a multiple distribution hub. So, so, so we had a common view about what we wanted to play towards over a three to five year period. So, so we had that notional design right at the start. So we designed relative to that vision. But what interests me here is, is that, yeah, and, and I, I understand what you're saying is the fact that they were able to cross these very specific territories. Uh, because, um, you know, I've lived in the UK, I've lived in France, I've lived in Spain and, and the US. And what I know um, from experience is that culturally each of those countries is different. And having spent yeah, yeah. a good amount of time in Germany, culturally yeah. that country is different yet again. So it was like, yeah. you know, they've clearly found a way of doing this that crosses a cultural uh, barrier. Now, if I've understood it correctly, much of that came down to the fact that the originating team, at least in the UK, was able to pass the baton on to the French, onto the Germans, in such a way that they felt that they had good ownership of, of processes that they already, to a degree, understood anyway, uh, but, uh, that was, but which they were seeing as being improved. Uh, have I understood that right? From the earliest point, so at uh, the early days of that project, the French acquisition was already in the radar. Right. So in our initial design discussions with some key players in France, being primed with regards to what we were doing and why we were doing it. Right. Um, similarly, it was the early days of acquiring the German organization, so the key stakeholders, we were getting them involved in the design dis discussions so they could see where we were going. The thing that was consistent was that in the French implementation, um, Jonathan and one of the lead, well, and the lead user team, uh, one was French, other guy was British. No, they continued to work with um, Jonathan and engaging their, first of all, their French colleagues on how they work together, and latterly on the German front. But it was having everyone on the same page from the start point, and everybody on the same page with regards to you know, those three principles, single source of truth, consistent view on profitability, and the use of the system being part of the job. Mm -hmm. Now, you no, know, I think it was, Keeping coming back to those principles, there was positive engagement by the French and the um, uh, 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 German colleagues because they had to transform. So they, they could see that, say, in terms of pickpacking and shipping, there were better ways of doing things. Um, it was not a UK imposed solution. We picked up on what was being promoted and understood and agreed was good practice as enabled by a by design. So, so we were all adopting a solution that had been tried and tested elsewhere. So, and again, 
with um, Jonathan's organisation. It's not an IT business. No, they're there to make money. They're there to ensure that uh, customer satisfaction is sustained, that things come together. Right. So they focus on what was important around the uptake of good practice. So naturally, there will be cultural nuances. Um, and I'm acutely aware of that, given that um, currently finalised implementation in the Gulf, where we've got multiple channels to the market, but the same uh, principles underpin how we make change happen. Interesting, interesting. So what you seem to have uh, got here is a formula, a formula for success, which is fairly rare, isn't it, these days, um, that you can replicate across multiple implementations, uh, multiple customers. Um, must keep you busy then, mustn't it? Um, yep, yep, and um, uh, uh, I, I'm planning to be chatting with a few more of the private equity players in Europe about mm. how we, and, and then this is with one implementation partner in particular, about to what extent can we make this a cookie-cutter deployment to um, ease the pain of implementation on new and around new investments. So almost set it up like a an implementation factory then, yeah? Well, it's like having a, almost like having a, ro a roving task force promoting right. the uptake of good practice. And uh, that is very much the, um, I'm back in the Gulf in about two weeks' time. And mm -hmm. um, in terms of businesses who are ripe for innovation, um, I'll, I'll be exploring to what extent um, we can be doing more of the same in an environment where we'll get people who are highly skilled and highly motivated. Right, right. It sounds like, it sounds like a very, very interesting plan. Presumably there's, a, there's plenty of appetite for that out there then, yeah? Inshallah, um, ask me in a month's time. Okay. <laughs> okay, Robert. Listen, Robert, this has been a, a really interesting conversation to me. And, uh, I, once again, with, as is always the case, I, I learned more uh, than I ever imagined. Is, is there anything else that I, I really ought to uh, understand going forward, as you say? If we could help SAP engage with the implementation community, because right? I, I think that there are competencies out there. Right? Um, if there's ways of nurturing them or motivating them to understand the art of the possible and help organizations move forward with the likes of by design. Well, they will certainly get that message for sure, <laughs> at least from me. Um, cool. And uh, it will be interesting to see how, how things go forward because it's not so many months before we've got Sapphire and I'm sure that will be yet another topic of conversation for us to bring up with those gentlemen. Cool. Okay then, Robert, that's been grand. Thanks very much indeed for your time. and uh, <laughs> It's been a pleasure talking with you, sir. A pleasure talking with you, sir. So. Um, enjoy okay. the sunshine in Yorkshire. Right, bye bye. <laughs> Try it too. Bye bye. Bye bye.